Good morning, friends. He's risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. My message for Easter Sunday is titled A Different Easter, or maybe not. For the past few weeks, I've been talking and texting and Zooming and FaceTiming friends who, like the rest of us, are holed up in their home, keeping their distance from everyone, washing their hands at every turn, just as we all should be doing. But one conversation kind of stood out. This person said to me, you know, I've heard enough about all this virus can do, the panic and the fear and the heartbreak and the endless speculation about what's next. I've heard enough. In fact, I've heard more than enough. You know, that phrase resonated with me because I, too, have heard more than enough about all that is going on. Major networks have scheduled hour-long specials on COVID-19. I don't watch much, but I've often wondered... What could they possibly say in that hour in between the commercials that hasn't already been said a thousand times? See, until something changes and there's new information to share, I think many people would agree, I've heard more than enough about what we already know and what we still don't know. Now, what I have not heard enough, and perhaps at times what I have not said enough or and thought enough, is that this pandemic does not have the final say in what is to come. It does not have the last word in the future of our world, in the future of the church, or in the ultimate outcome of your life. That's because we serve a risen Savior, and he is in the world today, and his power is more than enough to get us through whatever we face. Now, today we celebrate Easter, and we're not celebrating it the way that we'd love to, like in our churches with a packed house. But this is not the way any of us thought we would be celebrating. You know, sitting at home, watching a preacher preach on YouTube or Zoom, that's just not how we plan it. But even when things don't go as planned, we can take courage and comfort knowing that God's grace and the power of the resurrection of Jesus is more than enough to get us through whatever we face. Now, you're already familiar with the details of the Easter story. At least I hope and pray you are. I mean, Jesus was arrested on Thursday evening after eating a final meal with his closest friends, and he was quickly sentenced to death. As our creed that we often recite says, he suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He was placed in a borrowed tomb. Many of his followers abandoned him, running away for fear of their lives. Everyone thought that everything had changed forever, that the good times were over for good. But as the creed goes on, it says, and on the third day, he rose from the dead. On Friday evening, Low in the grave he lay, dead as dead can be. And then on Sunday he was filled again with the breath of life, and up from the grave he arose, proving that he has power even over death. And I want you to know that he has the power over what we are dealing with today, and he has power over anything the future may throw our way. And I want you to know that the resurrection power of Jesus is more than enough for any challenge you may face. This morning, I want to look at the stories of three individuals. We'll see the impact that the resurrection of Jesus had in their lives. Now, their stories are important because I believe we can find ourselves in these characters. As we look at their stories, we gain insight into our own stories and how Jesus can help us live this overcoming, if you will, resurrected life. First, I want to, let's, let's look at Mary and her grief. I mean, the Gospel of John tells us that Mary and the disciples went to the tomb early Sunday and found it empty. They couldn't imagine what had happened. Before his death, Jesus had become such an enemy to those in power. The first assumption was that his body had been taken, maybe with plans to further embarrass and humiliate his followers. 
The disciples all left, but Mary stayed behind where she stood outside the tomb crying. And then someone spoke to her. Why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? She thought it was the gardener, but that's not who it was. She said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. When he spoke again, she realized it was Jesus because this time he called her by name, Mary. She turned around and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me for I have not yet returned to the father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I'm returning to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. Those words in John 20, verses 16 to 18. You know, as I read this story, I think of Mary outside the tomb, just devastated by recent events. Her spirit is broken, her hope shattered, her world, you know, in many ways has come to an end. All she could just, all she could do was remember how things used to be. I mean, some of the disciples had already made plans to move on, uh, to return to a life of fishing, but Mary could only stare into the empty tomb and cry. I mean, her grief was that real. It was that great. You know, we've all had reason to grieve in recent weeks, and there may be more grief to come. It may seem that one aspect of your world has come to an end and things will never be the same. That, that may very well be. But I want you to know that in your grief, Jesus is there with you. David wrote in Psalm 34, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. There is a reason we know that these are not just empty words. Jesus conquered death and he promised that there will be a day when he will wipe away every tear from our eyes and death will be no more. Those words from Revelation 21 verse 4. Friend, if you're grieving right now, I encourage you to take a moment and listen. Just as he called Mary's name, he's calling your name. And he's saying, in effect, friend, I'm here with you. I have defeated death. My grace is more than enough to get through, get you through what you're facing today. Well, next, let's, let's look at Peter and his past. We all know what he did. During the Last Supper together, Jesus told Peter that Peter would deny him before the beginning of the new day, before the rooster crowed. Now, Peter insisted he wouldn't, that he would never do such a thing. But then, just a few hours later, while Jesus was on trial for his life, Peter stood off in the distance, warming his hands near a fire. Someone in the crowd recognized him, and the young girl said, You were with Jesus. And Peter denied it. A little while later, someone else made the connection and said it again, and again, Peter denied it was true. A little more time passed, and yet another person pointed a finger at Peter and said, You're from Galilee. You were with him, too. And Peter really got angry. He said, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed, and Jesus, from across the open courtyard, turned and looked straight at Peter. See, it was then that Peter remembered what Jesus had said. He went away, and the Bible says he wept bitterly overcome with shame. I'm sure Peter thought that it was all over, that nothing would ever be the same. But then on Sunday morning, after Jesus had risen from the dead, an angel of the Lord spoke to his disciples, telling them that Jesus is alive and that they would see him soon. In fact, he included two words that make all the difference to those of you who need to hear them as well. In Mark 16:7, he said, But go tell his disciples and Peter. 
He is going ahead of you into Galilee. Did you get that? Tell his disciples and Peter. Who? Peter. You know that one who proved himself to be a quitter and a coward? That one who now has enough guilt and shame to last the rest of his life? That one who has every reason to think that Jesus might be finished with him? Tell him that Jesus is alive. Tell him that he's that all is forgiven. Now, I know there may be some who are within the sound of my voice today who have at some time felt the same way. I mean, what I have done is too much to forgive or too much to forget. God could never accept me now. I'm just going to have to live with this for the rest of my life. But friends, I want you to know that that's not true. No matter what your past, even if you've done things that can never be undone, God's mercy can be yours. You can be forgiven. This is why God says in Isaiah 43, verse 25, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. You see, when Jesus died on the cross on Good Friday, he paid the price for our sins. All of them, past, present, future. Any punishment you deserve has been paid in full. You can be forgiven, not because you deserve it, because, man, certainly none of us do but because God's grace is that great. It's more than enough to set you free from the power of the past. If you struggle with guilt and shame, take a moment to remember those two additional words spoken by the angel on Easter morning. Tell the disciples and Peter. You can add your name right there because he's also talking to you. Now here's the third story. It's Thomas and his doubts. John 20 says that the disciples had gathered behind locked doors and feared that the religious leaders would come and arrest them as they had Jesus. And suddenly, despite the locked doors, Jesus was suddenly among them and he says, Peace be with you. And then the Bible says that after he had said that, he showed them his hands and sighed to confirm that it was indeed him and he had indeed risen from the dead. But Thomas wasn't there at that time. And later, when the others told him what they had seen, he remained a little skeptical. He said, I want to see this for myself. Until I do, I won't believe your story. Just a little while later, the disciples were gathered again behind locked doors, and Jesus appeared before them. At this time, he spoke directly to Thomas. Place your finger here. See my hands. Touch my side. At that moment, Thomas knew that it was true. Now, there are some who think the point of the story is that Thomas was the weaker of the disciples because he had doubts. I don't think that's it. He just wanted to see the same evidence that the other disciples had seen a short time before. And I want you to see that Jesus didn't turn his back on Thomas simply because Thomas wanted to see for himself. No, in fact, Jesus made a, a special appearance just for him. Just as he had done with the other disciples before, he showed Thomas his hands and sides, saying, in effect, Thomas, it's really me. And then he said, stop doubting and believe. In other words, you ask for evidence, I've given you evidence, the rest is up to you. Now, if Thomas really was nothing more than a doubter, he could have found a way to explain away the phenomenon before him. He could have said, oh, come on, you didn't really die, you just fainted. Or they hired an actor who looked like Jesus, or I must be imagining things. Now, if Thomas only wanted a reason to doubt, he had plenty. But he didn't want a reason to doubt. He wanted a reason to believe. And Jesus showed him what he needed to see. How did he respond? Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Now, friends, what can we learn from this story? 
Well, there are many who have questions and doubts and uncertainties even about the Christian faith. Others have doubt about whether God is listening or if he even cares. And some are filled with uncertainty. They don't know how they can face these coming days. I mean, how long is this lockdown, this quarantine going to last? Well, I want you to know that just like Thomas, Jesus is ready to make himself known to you, not merely as a philosopher, teacher, religious leader from long ago. Rather, he's ready to reveal himself to you as the Son of God, the anointed Messiah, the risen Savior. He's ready to be your friend and to walk by your side every step. Jesus said in John 20, verse 29, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And that's true. They are blessed. Because doubts and questions and uncertainties don't derail them like they do the rest of us. If you don't struggle with these things, then yes, you truly are blessed. However, if you, like Thomas, need to find things out for yourself, God's ready to reveal as much as you need to know. If you're looking for a reason to believe rather than merely an excuse to doubt, he will come to you. Even when you're hidden away behind doors locked by fear, doubt, and uncertainty, he'll come to you and he will comfort you with his presence and he will speak his truth into your heart. We all face uncertainties about what's to come. But we can be sure of this. Jesus Christ Our Lord and Savior lives today. He is risen from the grave and the power of his resurrection is more than enough to take us through the tomorrows. Now we've looked at these stories about how the resurrection of Jesus changed the outcome of three lives. But what I love about these stories is that each one of them is so personal and so specific. As a grief-filled woman cried alone at the tomb, Jesus called her by name, Mary. As the angel announced the good news of the resurrection, he mentioned one by name. Tell Peter, too. And as Thomas was hindered by a reluctance to believe, Jesus came to him and spoke directly to him, Thomas, see my hands, touch my side. These three individuals are just as individual as you and me. We each have our own story. We've got our own set of problems or fears or hurts or regrets. Sometimes they seem almost unbearable, but I want you to know that Jesus came to bear the burden in your place. He said in Hebrews 13:5, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. He said in Matthew 28:20, 20, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. He said in Isaiah 41:10, do not fear for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I'll strengthen you and help you. I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. After the crucifixion, The disciples had every reason to think their world had come to an end. And then they discovered the risen Christ. He would always be with them, and his presence was more than enough to get them through any challenge they may face. So friends, whatever you may be facing today, whatever all of us are facing right now, you can be sure that his mercy, his power, and his presence is more than enough for you too. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission. Feel the passion.